Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Are you a sinner who struggles to be a saint? Or are you a saint who struggles with sin? Are you a sinner who struggles to be a saint? Or are you a saint who struggles with sin? It's an important question. It's a question about identity. It's a question about how you see yourself. It's a question about What is the empowering belief in your life? I struggle with sin. But I am a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And as a child of God, I am an heir of the promises of God. I'm made righteous by that faith. I am made complete and whole and healed by who he is. I have God's God's right beside me in every single battle that I face. That's the difference between being, in your mind, a sinner who struggles to be a saint and a saint who struggles with sin. Because a saint, the word says, will overcome the world. A saint will inherit the promises of God. And uh, I loved Justin Ede's message last week. And in particular, I liked that he just come up the front here and he said, is there a plumber in the house? And with no hands going up, I thought there's one test we can do. Just get everybody to bend over and pick up something. Then we'll know who the plumber is. Were you sitting there like me thinking, I hope he waits, I hope he says, is there a bus driver in the house? I'm just waiting, you know. And, and when you know there's a prophet in the, in the going to preach, you, you wear a red shirt like Isaiah over there. Because you think, oh, I'll get, oh, and he did, look at that, it worked out, it got picked out. Because you think, I just want this message to be for me. And I have good news for you. This message is for anyone who will believe. So you can count yourself into this one. You can say to yourself, you know what? Ken is a bit of a buffhead from time to time. But the word of God that he preaches is true every single day. And so as a result, if I apply the things that are in the word of God, then the promises that are attached to the word of God can be mine in Christ Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word today to us. It is an empowering word. It is a word that lifts, encourages, strengthens, and causes us to be everything that you've called us to be and more. Father, I thank you that in this word is the ability to reign in life. And I thank you for it, O God. You have caused us, Lord, in Christ Jesus, to be overcomers, to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. Lord, that you have called us and appointed us to bear fruit, fruit that will last. You have given us a message for the generations that are around about us, for the lost, for the dying, for the hopeless, 
and those who need to be healed, Lord. And Father, that message resides on the inside of us. Father, I pray for great boldness and strength and courage to lay hold of God's word for each one of us this morning and impart it not only into our own life, but to those around about us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can make a major difference when you start declaring yourself a saint who struggles with sin. Now, who remembers the passing of the Queen last year? The monarch died, and then there was a new monarch that took the, took the, took the place. The RBA changed governors last this year. Was it this year or the end of last year? This year, just recently. I mean, the rates keep rising, but still, the governor has changed. That means the person at the top of the tree, either, in the, either the Queen of England, now the King of England, Prince Charles, no, no, King Charles now, or the new uh, Governor of the Reserve Bank, has the control of what's happening because they have the dominion and the authority to do it. Have you watched Border Security? Dun, 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 dun. I mean, more fish gets taken out of bags than, you know, contraband drugs or whatever, does it? Border security is the thing that stops something alien or not right entering into the domain or the authority of a land. And here's the problem for Christians, is that we have the enemy stationed at border security telling us that we're disqualified from entering in because of what is in our passport. Sin. Sin separates us from the kingdom of God. It's the love of God that brings us in. The only way to access that is to enter in via a new authority. And that new authority is in Christ Jesus. So I was watching a documentary, as I do. No, I just happened to be watching something about why a zebra is, is, is coloured the way it is. I mean, black and white. Now, if you were a lion and you were thinking to yourself, oh, I have a nice, tasty zebra for lunch, you think if there was one zebra in all the greenery, I mean, they're not, they're not that camouflaged, are they? I mean, it sticks out like, I mean, that's what pedestrian crossings are all about. It's so you can see it. So what was God doing when he decided, let's paint this thing with black and white stripes and the lion can see it? And I thought, I hadn't even thought about that before. I mean, I love it. I actually have made the statement going to Taronga Zoo, the, my favourite animal there. I mean, the gorillas and the chimpanzees, they're too close to home, you know what I mean? I just, I just, it's like going to having Christmas lunch with the family, but no, except for Ebony, she's got a different thing about her. But, uh, but I looked at the zebra and I thought, I wonder how the hares know what colour to be. But they are not that camouflaged until you put them all together. When you put a heap, what's it called? Anyone know what the, a, a herd? I haven't heard of that before. Uh-uh. <laughs> boom, boom. When you put a herd of zebra together, it's very hard to distinguish those who are lame a little bit or a little bit, you know, behind, because that's how the enemy prowls. That's how lions decide which one they're going to take is they take the weakest amongst them. And so once the herd's together, it's very hard to distinguish which one's broken or fallen apart. And in Christ, that's the beauty. When the, when the border security guy brings out the passport, we've got to say to ourselves, where am I? Am I alone and by myself? Am I singled out? 
I mean, do you start sweating when you start to walk up towards the, the counter and go, oh, no, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. And the enemy starts to remind you of all the things that you've done or haven't. It's like walking into school and you haven't done your homework. It's like the teacher knows. You, 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 you walk in and you, you try to slip in quickly and because you haven't done your homework and you know it, you've got guilt on the inside. So you try to cut corners, you try to do things. And that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to cut corners. He wants you, instead of accessing the promise of God through faith in Jesus Christ, he wants to circumvent you entering in. And he does that by bringing sin and by bringing guilt and by bringing fear and by bringing a sense that I don't deserve this. I'm I'm all by myself. Don't want to be all by myself. And so we sit in the corner and we say, I don't know if that counts for me. And we hear a verse that says, for God so loved the world and the enemy convinces us somehow that we're not part of that. That somehow I'm disqualified. Somehow that promise isn't meant for me. Because you know what he says? He says, you're a sinner and you struggle to be a saint. What we have to do is go straight through border security, say, all right, I'm coming with everything that's happened. This is my passport. This is the countries I've visited. These are the things I've done. I'm just looking to see if that's my wife and she's good. So that's all good. <laughs> Access allowed. So, um, so whatever your passport is, it's been, it is a, a whole picture of who you are up until that point. And you come to this point where you can either enter into the promises of God under a new reign, a new rule, a new set of authority, or you stay out based on the old one. Faith says, God loves me. Christ died for me. The power of God is enough for me. And even if I was perfect, here's here's the rub. Even if you were perfect, the enemy would still have permission to count you out. Because it's not your perfection that gets you to the kingdom of God. It's the life of Jesus Christ. And so who's perfect here? No one, amen. We're not. But even if you were, what about the guy who came up to Jesus and said, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God? And Jesus said the Ten Commandments. And this guy, the audacity, this guy goes, those I have kept since I was a boy. Now, I can't do that. Who's ever told a lie here once in their life? Well, you're a liar. Who's ever taken something once in their life? You know, a bit of cream cake, somebody else's, you know, <laughs> stole their baked potato off their, off their plate when they weren't looking. Who's, who's, who's taken something in their life? Well, you're a thief. So you're a thief and you're a liar. And we could go through all the list of things and that's what the enemy does. He goes, here's your passport, Ken. Didn't look too good there. You didn't hand in your maths homework in 19, whatever it was, too old ago now when we're still writing on chalkboards. But um, all of the things we did and didn't do are listed. But when we go through, the par- when we go through that border security and we enter in, what matters no more is not what we've done in the past, but who we are right now. And I go from being a sinner who struggles to be a saint to being a saint who struggles with sin. Let's get some scripture into us. 
Romans chapter 4, verse 7 says, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Verse 8, blessed is the one whose sin the Lord never counts against them. Woohoo! What about that? Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. That's a weight off your shoulders right there, isn't it? When you start to think, oh, I mean, what if you are the one that broke the glass? There's a set of six glasses. You're the kid who broke the glass. All your brothers and sisters know about it. Mum comes home. There's five glasses in the cupboard, not six. And the question goes out. Who broke the glass? Suddenly you feel guilt and fear and shame and you're hoping your brothers and sisters are not going to dob you in. Some of you try to cover it up. Some of you try to distract your mother. Some do extra jobs. Oh, gee, you're doing really well. Eventually... (laughs) eventually you're going to find out that someone broke the glass. And then trying to cover it up is sometimes a lot harder than actually bringing it to the truth. You know why? Because mothers are not always that compassionate. Fathers are not always that compassionate. True? Am I right? If you... (laughs) There was a... I can see some prayer and deliverance coming on here today for sure. But it's right, and rightly so, because our mothers and fathers are human. Some of them are saints who struggle with sin. But thank God, amen, he doesn't struggle with sin. He is loving, he is gracious, he is compassionate, and he has made the perfect way, and he deals completely with our sin. Sometimes our parents feel responsible for the sins that we do. And that's why they get so frustrated. But God's not responsible for any sin. He's he's responsible only for the answer to sin. Amen. So let's move on through Romans. Romans chapter 5. Here's what Jesus did to help us to be saints who struggle with sin. As opposed to sinners who struggle to be saints. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified is a big word. It just means it's just as if I hadn't sinned. Justified. Just as if I hadn't sinned. When Jesus took the penalty and punishment of sin, it, it, its punishment was eradicated. Now, sin still works because sin still is... I mean, the scriptures say, he who claims to be without sin is a liar. And the truth doesn't dwell in them. So sin, you will find yourself still sinning. Which is why you're a saint who struggles with sin. But the sin has an answer in Jesus Christ. Every time you confess, the Bible says, he removes our injustice and makes us clean again. That's why he says daily we go before the Lord. Say, Lord, I just want to say, Pastor Phil Prinkle says it. Everything I've said, everything... I've done. Everyone, I release everyone who's said anything and done anything to me so that sin doesn't have its way. So we don't need to be ignorant about sin and we don't need to claim that it doesn't exist. What we need to do is deal with it correctly and we put it in the hands of Jesus. Amen. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Now, that's not a Pentecostal verse at all, is it? To glory in your sufferings. 
We don't like to talk about suffering, but we experience it. We sometimes, sometimes, you know, some people, <laughs> I remember back in the day, back in the way, way, way back day, there was a girl in youth who burnt her arm badly on the stove or something, had a big burn mark here. And I remember we were all around at somebody's place afterwards, as youth do, eating food and just carrying on like clowns. And uh, this, this poor girl, she was hurting and she kept doing this all the time. She'd go, ow! And she goes, oh, no, no, I'm not going to confess that. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It's not bad. And she kept doing that. It was like a struggle. I'm thinking, this poor girl, she can't just admit that it's sore. Because she was afraid that if she, she was giving the power to the burn, I would much rather say, ouch, I'm hurting. Jesus, would you heal me? In the hope that the healing would come because the promise of healing comes our way rather than deny it. If you deny you have sin, you won't put it in the place that it needs to go. Sin tries to get covered up. And so instead, we make it forthright. I'm not saying, well, I was talking to Pastor Andrew before the service, saying, don't we just sin more so we can serve the grace of God more? Isn't that what we do with sin? By no means. Because we live according to a new kingdom. Once we enter into this border security and we get into the new kingdom, we live according to the patents and the procedures in that kingdom. And it says you still shouldn't want to continue to sin. Right? So the consequences of those sins will still be there if you continue to sin. Right? But denying it exists in the first place means it's like a sneaky thing. It's like a bomb in your pocket ready to explode at any moment to blow your leg off and stop you from walking and then there's more healing needs to take place. It's better to bring it before the Lord and say, Lord, there's a mess. I often say to people, you know, if you have a vomit in the carpet, what's going to help? Is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. You say, oh, yeah, thanks, Pastor Kim, for that's close to lunch. If you just got new carpet and put it over the top and didn't clean up the mess, what would happen? Eventually it'll come through, track, correct? You can't just cover stuff up. You've got to put it in the hands of God to clean it up. And when it's cleaned up, boom, it's gone, forgotten, dealt with. Anyway, we glory in our sufferings. So sometimes we suffer. Sometimes our health doesn't go the way we want it to go. Sometimes relationships don't go the way we want them to go. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the girl that you like doesn't like your back. I'm talking about, you know, marriage relationships and long-term relationships, parental and children relationships. Sometimes you've just got to say, that's the way, that's what I have. But the promise of God is to help me through that and to be with me through that. So don't deny it. Access the promise of God in it. So hang on, hang on, hang on. If I'm a saint who struggles in this area of sin, so I get frustrated with my partner, I get frustrated with my parents, I get frustrated with my children, I get frustrated with my boss, right? I'm talking to real people here this morning, aren't I? Amen? So if you're one of those people, instead of denying it, acknowledge it. So I've got a real problem, Lord, with my boss. Say, God, help me with that. And the Holy Spirit will come and help you with that. He knows ways to help you that you have no idea about. But he will help. Amen. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we glory, for we know that the suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 
Verse 6, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for the righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So sin is not the thing that's going to keep you out from the presence of God or the promises of God. Not accessing the status of son or daughter of God will. So the thing that's going to empower you is accessing the promise and saying, God, I put my trust and my faith in you. What Jesus did was final. I am hidden in him. My life is hidden in him. I am a saint by faith in Jesus Christ. The promises of God are for me. Therefore, God says, in your weakness, I will bring strength. God's power to do what he called us to do. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am a saint. I am a saint who struggles with sin and that sin will be overcome because the power of God is on the inside of me to help me to avoid putting myself in that position. Amen. Verse, um, we're going to have to move quickly because the time has gone down. I hate timers. I asked for it. I did say, can you put a timer up there? They only put 15 minutes on and not 38 like I asked for. No, <laughs> no they put the full amount on. <laughs> Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. And sin is not charged against anyone's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned. And so this is our thing. November rain. I'm talking about a new rain, amen. Not a new rain. I'm talking about a new rain, a new authority. I'm talking about the Queen's dead. And the king's here now. I'm talking about the old RBA governor's gone. The new RBA governor's here. I'm talking about a life controlled by sin. Sinner struggles to be a saint. And the life of a saint who struggles with sin. We are under a new authority, a new dominion, a new power. There's a new availability of an access to us. We have entered into a new kingdom. There is a new kingdom principle at work. I don't just now, I'm not governed only by my emotions. I'm governed by the spirit who controls my emotions. Woo-hoo! That's big, that's good, that's hard, that's there and relevant. And therefore I'm without excuse. Oh, my temper got the better of me. Oh, did it really? What, you mean you didn't allow the Holy Spirit to tell you to shut your mouth when you should have? I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Have you ever done that? I've done that. When I've gone too far, Ken's gone too far. The Holy Spirit's back here saying, Ken, stop, 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 stop. And I'm going, I'm going in, I'm going hard. And the Holy Spirit's saying, you're going to make a mess. You're going to make a mess. There's going to be sin there. You're my, you're a saint. Ken! What did Adam do? A son of God. When he, son, when he sinned, what did he do? He covered himself. God wants to do the great uncovering here this morning. Amen. He wants us to be absolutely assured, acknowledge that I am a saint and a son of God. And therefore, I will live in the power and the glory of him who is for me and not against me. Amen. Verse 15. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if many died in the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow for many? They call uh, Adam the first Adam and Jesus the second Adam. The true Adam. The, the, you know, Adam walks with God in the cool of the night. 
Adam had the power and the authority of God there until he ate of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. And from that point on, right through history, until Jesus came to rectify that damage, man was controlled only by sin and the sinful nature. But when Jesus came, the second Adam, the true Adam, he then re-established that pattern that we can walk with God in the cool of the night, in the sun of the morning, in the daytime, in the afternoon time, in our marriage, in our work, at our workplace, wherever we are driving the car, we can walk with God because of the promise of God and because of who we are in Christ. There is, this is like the, the kingdom of God has come. This is like the new order of authority is now in my world. What used to be, used to be, but now, whoo, but now I once was lost, but now border security, dun, 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 I'm through. I've been found. I was blind, but now I see. I'm stupid, but now I'm knowledgeable. I used to not know the mind of Christ, but now I know the mind of Christ. I used to be lost in my own desperado, Travelling up paths I had no idea about, stuck in dead end places, going nowhere with no one to meet and no established principles or practice. But now I've got places to go, people to meet, people to share with, that there is the gospel of faith and life on the inside of me. That's the change, amen. I'm a saint. Yes, I struggle with sin, but I'm a saint, amen. And I've got a message for you here this morning. The kingdom of God is at hand. Lay hold of it. Get hold of it. Put it on the inside of you. Woo! Amen. Too excited, too excited. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Verse 17. Let's go there. Here we go. Woo! Have we got that up there? Can we get that one up there? <clears throat> For if the trespass of one man, death reigns through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of gain? Oh, I'm too excited. For if the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness, look at it, reign in life. Reign in life. You can reign. You can reign in life in relationships, in your workplace, through Jesus Christ. Think about that for a second. What does that look like? Some of you are dreading Christmas coming up because you are going to have to go and meet with family and friends. Oh, no. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? You can reign in life. I don't think I could ever get married. I just don't know whether I could make that promise and keep it forever. You can reign in life. Um, in the HSC next year, a lot of study to be done. I don't know if I can get good marks. I don't know if I'd be able to survive that. You can reign in life. Ah, uh, not much business coming in. Balance of the books doesn't look too good. Really struggling right now. Cost of living is huge. You could contemplate lots of things. 
try and attack the government, do whatever you want, or you can reign in life. God knows about it. Access the promise of God. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also the one act of righteousness resulted in justification and life for all people. Verse 11 of chapter 6. It says, if we die, uh, verse 8 says, If we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died, died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11 says, In the same way, count yourself, reckon yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its wicked desires. So now I'm not, ki- I'm not kidding when I say sin is powerful. But sin is only as powerful as you will allow it to be. And so that's why it's important to get that um, identification with who you are right. Because if you think you are incapable of stopping sinning, On your own, you're right. But if you access this promise, you enter in through faith and you now establish a new authority, then you, in line with Christ Jesus, will overcome the power of sin. And so now you're a saint who struggles with sin. Say, oh, my dad's got my back. Yes, he does. He's got your front, he's got your side, he's got your legs, he's got your arms, he's got your eyes, he's got your mind, he's got all things. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Dun, 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 dun. New authority, new authority. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Those who are living according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So there's a transformation that takes place when we become this new identity in Christ. Suddenly I'm not living for me and my desires, I'm living for him and his desires. My mind is not on what I want, what I can achieve, what I can have. My mind is set on what he wants, what he wants achieved and what he can have. And when we do that, there is power in submission to Jesus Christ. Because he takes us from the miry clay and puts us upon a solid rock. Now, I don't know. I mean, I'm a big guy. I mean, have you seen this? Lots of... I mean, the problem with social media is you just watch all these clips. And I've seen this clip. I mean, my son and my daughter both do gymnastics. Or used to... Gabby used to... Ebony's still doing it. And they got those foam bits, you know what I mean? And they can jump into it. And because they've got muscles and everything, they can get back out. But I saw this one of some big person like me getting into one of those pits. There is no way. I mean, I would sink down to the bottom there and I'd be praying to Jesus for every bit of air that I could find. 
because there is no way I could get back. I mean, don't take me out jet skiing or anything like that. One, your boat will get dra dragged under. But two, there is no way I'll be getting back up onto anything that floats. I mean, I'm flat out trying to get on top of a, you know, a lilao thing. I, I have to go to the beach area of my pool, stick both legs out over the top, hold it with grim death, and then lay back and hope to God that I don't go right over backwards down into the water. So <laughs> I said all of that to say <laughs> that sin entangles and sin causes you to not be able to stand up. It's like you've got no point of reference. You'd have to, I'd have no idea. I'd die in that thing. They'd just say, here lies Ken McLean. Rest, rest in peace. That's what would happen. <clears throat> but Jesus gives the power to us so we can stand on solid ground, amen, and get a good, strong standing, amen. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Well, there's a bit of encouragement for you. You say, I just find it really, really hard. I can't obey God. Well, that's because you're living according to the mind and the fleshly mind. It's time to get a new passport. It's time to get your passport stamped. Say, I'm a saint. And then you have the right and the power and ability to start having the mind of Christ. Now you can access the things where your eyes get opened and you see. It's like, you know, it just is. <laughs> see, I go down all these little rabbit holes and then my time runs out. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Ah, verse 14. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. And to those, this is John chapter 1, verse 12 to 14, and to those he who received him, that's Jesus, he gave the power, the right, the ability to become a child of God. Amen. Wow. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you're in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought, you about, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Oh, how do you like that? Now, suddenly, once the Spirit of God is working in your life, now the Spirit of God starts to say, yes, Ken, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. You're a child. And once you start to see yourself in relationship with him, walking with him, enjoying the peace that comes, and even in the midst of trials, you find that God's presence is with you, suddenly there's a boldness on the inside of you and you start to resonate with God and you say, I'm a saint. I am a saint. God loves me. He's for me. And suddenly hope becomes very broad. And what we thought was a distant promise comes closer to us because we can access it because there's a change. I mean... That's the problem with all this identity nonsense that's going on right now, is they're trying to get you to be anything that you're not. Instead of just saying, this is who I am. I mean, I identify as trans-slender, just so you know. <laughs> now I ruined the move of the Holy Spirit. That's terrible, isn't it? 
<laughs> it's not about that. You need to find yourself in identity, in alignment with God. Because there's the power to overcome. Amen. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if we indeed share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So you've got to struggle. You've got to struggle. If you find sin biting at your door, you have to struggle. You have to say, I'm a saint who's going to overcome sin. There's no use letting sin have its way because if you let sin have its way, you will revert back as quick as click your fingers. It will happen. But you just got to maintain that fight and say, God, be with me. Help me. I ask you in my time. And Jesus did it as he went to the cross. He even said, this cup, if you can take this cup, but not my will, but your will. What if he, what if he succumbed? What if he succumbed right at that last minute? We would be lost forever. But like Jesus, we've got to persevere and keep persevering. Amen. Verse 26, 8, 26 says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. Verse 20, uh, oh, let's just read it. I've got one minute. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Verse 28 and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to the purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. That's a mad verse there. He predestined you to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's his plan. There's no other plan. He wants you to become like Jesus Christ. Amen. Follow Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. That's why the mission statement of the church is biblical. Amen. He wants us to be conformed to the image of his son. Not only that, he prayed us, he called us. He said, Ken, get out of that pit. Stop struggling here. I'll give you a leg up. I'll help you out of the miry clay. And he put my feet on solid rock. Then he justified me. He said, and then the enemy come and he said, but look at him, look at him. Look at all the things he's done. Look at all those terrible things Ken's done and you put him on a rock. And Jesus, I watch this guy called, I forget his name now, doesn't matter. But he said, what Jesus does when the devil points his bony finger at, he breaks his finger. And he says, I've justified him. I paid the penalty for his sins. So not only he puts us on our feet on solid rock, he justified us. And then, woo, how about this one, brothers and sisters? And those he justified, if you'll allow him, he will glorify. Amen. He will glorify you. As you become ever increasingly like Jesus, the glory of God zells around about you. And you can't help but be loving to other people, be kind to other people. You can't help be merciful to other people. So, I mean, I wanted to kick a kid off the bus the other day and I couldn't do it. I got all sooky. I was ready. I'd had enough. This kid would back answer every person in the world. La, la, la. Why do I have to sit here? I can't have a seat on the bus. Let alone being, you know, you've got the best seat on the bus, but you still want to winch. Anyhow, I called her up to the office, sat there with the other, you know, assistant deputy principal thing, whatever they are. And I was talking to her and I started to talk to her and I felt compassion because I know her father is not a good father and I know that, and I just felt compassion and I said, I have to, um, who can I use? Um, Melissa. I'll pretend her name was Melissa. And I was ready to say, I'm going to have to ring your mother and tell her you're not allowed on the bus for the week. 
And I had to say, Melissa, here's the thing. I love you. I really want you to do well. But you've got to help me. You've got to help me. You know, you, you just got to change your mindset about where you are on this bus. And God did that. I mean, she, she must have been praying like anything coming up there. Miss McLean wants to see you in student services. Oh, no. Compassion, love, generosity, being a blessing in your community. You are a saint. You are a saint. You may struggle with sin, but you will overcome. Amen. Don't let the devil hoodwink you into not having the promise of God for yourself. Don't ever declare yourself as something less than what you are. You are a child of God. And if you are a child of God, you are an heir. And if you are an heir, there's a promise coming your way. And I want you to stand up. Let's all stand together. I want you to lay hold of it. And I want you to say amen and amen. Two minutes over. Sorry, Pastor Ali. Couldn't help myself. Actually, I could. I wasn't being controlled by the Spirit, was I? <laughs> I want you to put your hand up. Amen. Are there any plumbers? No, there's everyone here. Amen. All of us can access this promise. All of us. I want you to imagine that God's giving you a new passport right now. And I want you to imagine that God's making a declaration, not only for today, but for tomorrow, for next week, next year, until the end of time. And he says, no longer do I see you as a slave. No longer do I see you as someone who's overcome by your emotions and your flesh. What if he says, I see you as my child. I see you as a son and a daughter of faith. I'm for you and not against you. The promises I've made to you are yours in Christ Jesus. What if he says, I want you to lay hold of those? What if he says, I see you struggle with sin, but your identity is in me. I want to form Christ on the inside of you. I want the power of God to come on the inside of you and change habits, mindsets, thoughts. I want to renew your mind. I want to, for some of you right now, you struggle reading God's word. You just struggle. It's a hard thing. Before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I too had the same struggle. But I remember the night that I was water baptized and filled with the Spirit all on the same day. I remember going home and reading Romans from cover to cover about eight times. And every time I read it, every time I got to certain points, I would go, this is me. This is me. This is me. For those of you who are struggling with reading God's word because you think, I just can't get into it. There's a new mindset coming your way today. I want you to reach out, even right now. If that's you, I really want you to put your hand up high and say, God, would you give me something different? Would you renew my love for Scripture? Would you help me to identify with what I'm reading? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each of these people. And Lord, I pray in a root and renewed freshness, like fresh water, like, like to a thirsty soul. Water is so good. I pray that there would be a renewal, a renewal of the word. And for those of you who are reading through and you think, I just, I can't find something fresh. I'm just reading. Then I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray that the Lord would highlight things to you and give you specific things to read. If you're reading a reading plan, then, you know, that's okay. But God will bring something fresh to you. Thank you. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. 
For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Thank you.